I've seen things and, and I've lived to tell that it's not a good path. There's nothing, nothing good is going to come out of that place. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for watching and listening wherever you're coming from. This is episode 159, I believe. For all the of all of y'all that have been binging this podcast, love you for that. Thank you for brand new listeners. Welcome. What we do is we answer your questions. You just email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We walk through it in long form. Sometimes it takes 30 seconds. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes, depending on your question. It could be about anything in life. And we'll talk about it like we're sitting in the cab of a truck just having a discussion. It's like, hey, Granger, I got this thing going on. Can you help me? What's your advice? And we'll walk through it like two friends. Let's get right to it. The first question, subject line says, question. That means it's super deep. It says, hey, Granger, I'd love to stay anonymous. My boyfriend of three years and I live an hour and a half away from each other. And we see each other on weekends. That's about it. Within the next year, we're wanting to get engaged. One issue we disagree on is, which could be a deal breaker for me if not handled correctly, is strip clubs. Listening to the way his friends and dad talk about them and how they always want to go. They want to take him, there, take him there on his birthday this month, and I'm upset because I never get to spend his birthday with him because of hunting season, and this year he's going to be home, and that's what he wants to do. It's 100%. makes me feel gross, and I feel like I can't even look at him the same. I fear my feelings for him would be shut off because there's something that I can't even imagine him doing without hurting me. That's strip clubs. Help. I'm insecure in my being overprotective. Anonymous. Okay, so um, yeah, Anonymous, thanks for your question. Thanks for being super vulnerable. This is not an easy subject to talk about or bring up, so I appreciate you sharing it here with me. We'll keep you anonymous. So your boyfriend, three years, uh, you live an hour and a half away. That, that's got to be tough. You've been dating him for three years, and he's an hour and a half away. That can't be easy. And you're planning on, this is, this is strange to me, Anonymous, Within the next year, we're wanting to get engaged, okay? So you're like working on that together. Um, and you say one issue we disagree on, which could be a deal breaker, is strip clubs. Okay, you said could be a deal breaker for me if not handled correctly. Okay, interesting. This is when I wish you were in the cab of the truck. We, could, we can get to specifics here. Um, strip clubs listening to the way his friends and his dad talk about them and how they're always wanting to go. So this is coming from peer pressure. It's coming from his dad. That's a big problem. Because, listen, Anonymous, I agree with you. That's creepy. That's weird. Um, I'm not saying that I'm over here. I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect over here. I'm not. I've just, I've been down that path. I've lived and learned. I've seen, I've seen things and, and I've lived to tell that it's not a good path. There's nothing, nothing good is going to come out of that place. Okay, so so a dad and some friends that are wanting to celebrate that for a birthday when he's got a girl, it's especially, I mean, it, I don't accept it on any terms, but especially a serious girlfriend that they're probably going to get engaged next year. That's, that's unacceptable, 100%. 
You're not being insecure. You're not being overprotective. This is a deal breaker for sure in the whole relationship if he doesn't listen. Not because he got, he's gone before, right? That would disqualify a lot of people, including me. But in the future, the, the present tense right now, it's like, hey, you need to stop. You need to stop going right now. I, I don't think it's right. I think this is demoralizing girls. I think this is putting them in a terrible light. I think this is justifying all kinds of crazy lust and bad, bad stuff. There's nothing good comes out of these places. So you need to stop. And if he says no, bye. That's the end of the relationship. I'm sorry. That's just, okay, let me ask you this, Anonymous. Are you willing to say goodbye because of that? So you're worried if you're overprotective and insecure, but I'm asking you, are you courageous enough to walk away completely from the relationship and go, I'm out? If you're going to, if you're going to, Put women subjectively in this kind of situation where you literally pay them tips to get naked for you. Is that something you're using your eyes, you're you're completely lusting over these women, and you're supporting this terrible industry? You're going to do that? Then I'm out. Do you have enough courage to say that? Because that's what you should do. Listen, let me say one more time. This isn't like, hey, goodbye, break up. This is sit down and talk. This needs to stop. I understand you and your dad talk about this, but I need it to stop because you're, it's time to be a man. You're about to be having a family with me. We're going to have some kids. It's time to be a man. You ready to be a man? Because I'm, I'm ready to be your woman if you're ready to be a man, right? That's it. There's nothing else to it. Uh, email me back. Let me know what's, what's up. Next question. Question comes from Landon, and the subject line says, where to read in my Bible? Hey, Granger, my name's Landon. I just had a quick question on where I should read in the Bible. I read my Bible. I Excuse me, I read. Read and read are the same word in the English, so sometimes I get it mixed up. Y'all, that brings up a good point. I've never read these before. First time, first time walking through these, so I'm walking through them, reading them for the first time with you. No notes on the table, Just, just so you know. I read my Bible every morning before school, but I never really understand where I should be reading in my Bible. I just find a spot that looks interesting and read it. I just wanted to know if I should pick a certain book of the Bible and start and read the whole thing or should just flip through and find a spot. It's just something I really never understood about where I should read. Thank you. Landon, thanks for the email, buddy. And um, how old are you? Did you say you didn't say? Um... You said you're in school. That's all I know. Buddy, this is awesome. This is really great. I'm so I'm so glad that you're asking me this question and that you're reading your Bible. Uh, not because it's self-help and not because it's going to make you feel good and not because it's going to uplift you and not because it's going to help you through, uh, you know, down times when you're feeling a little sappy. That's not why. Because it's life. That's because it's life, Landon. That's why I'm so glad that you're reading it because it's literally your life is at stake by these words, okay? That's how important this book is. It's not, it's not just something you, that you need to make you feel nice. This is life and death. You have to read it. You have to. 
and I'm so glad that you're asking the right questions, okay? So here's my answer. No, you don't just pick it up and, and read a random Bible roulette. You, no, you also don't just pick up something that you, you flip through and find something interesting. I understand your question, and I think it's a legit question, and I'm pretty positive I have done that in my life before, before I understood this. And I th- I'm also pretty positive you're already ahead of me on this land, and so good on you, buddy. But here's a crazy thought. This is a crazy thought about reading the Bible. You start at the beginning. The canon was put in place in a certain order for a certain reason, uh, and there's a lot of a lot of people that worked really hard on making sure that it that reads this way because of the journey that it takes you from beginning to end. It's chronological. It actually works really well together with some poetry in the middle, with some prophets in the middle, with the story of the Israelites kind of overlaying the Old Testament with the birth of Christ beginning in the New Testament and then walking through the life of Christ until the death and resurrection and then right into the directly into the aftermath in the book of Acts after the resurrection and the ascension and what happened with the people that were left that just saw this crazy thing happen and then that rolls into those same people those apostles writing letters to the churches around and explaining more all culminating at the very end with John's revelation of what's to come after. So it's to be read in order, and it's beautiful that way. Now, here's the one thing. Here's the one thing, Landon. You could start in the New Testament at Matthew. You could start there. Or you could start at Genesis in the Old Testament and work your way all the way through it. Uh, that's this is going to require more of a conversation between me and you on your, this is the only thing is about your personality, what works well with your personality. Because you can really get into the weeds in the Old Testament. It's critical that you read it at some point, but if that's the first thing you read, sometimes you can get to the weeds somewhere around Exodus, Leviticus, somewhere in there, okay? Um, I would personally recommend just starting in Matthew 1. You might have heard me say a couple times you could start at John, you could start at Luke. And that's if you're you need to digest the gospel right away. Like I need to know who this Jesus guy is. I need to digest the gospel. Then I'm going to say what's your personality because Luke was a doctor, he wrote this. John was a lover, he wrote it this way. Matthew was very analytical, he wrote it this way. But if you're just saying where do I read the Bible? I want to I want to read it. And I'm like, dude, start Matthew 1, read all the way to Revelation, go backwards, go to Genesis 1, and read all the way to Malachi, and then start over in Matthew. That's my answer. Let me know. Email me back. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little um, side trip here, because this next question, I could go to like a relationship question, but I kind of want to stay with that same theme that because my brain is here, but the subject line says full gospel, and I'm assuming we're talking about the Bible again. So let's just stay with me on this little this little brainwave here. But here it says, Hey Granger, I'm Miranda from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I love the Smiths, your podcast, Arise with Amber and your music. Looking forward to seeing you in Priceville, Alabama. Me too. That's gonna be fun. Can you explain what people refer to as the full gospel? I think it means the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the same today as it's detailed in the early church in the book of Acts. Uh, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on this subject. Thank you, Yee God bless Miranda. 
Miranda, okay, cool. We're going to stay on the same Bible thing, which is good. Um, We don't have to shift gears. Let me read again what you think that the full gospel is. You think it means the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the same today as it's detailed in the early church in the book of Acts. That's that's not it. Um, And I appreciate the question. I think this is a very good question, and I appreciate you... um, being passionate enough to put yourself out and write this email. The full gospel, when you hear people mention the full gospel, the shortest way to say it is um, you need to hear about heaven and hell. (laughs) Basically, that's the shortest way to say it. But the full gospel is sometimes you'll hear, you'll hear somebody that's preaching about God loves you. Jesus loves you. Love, love, grace, love, love. Come come to Jesus and he loves and you love him and he loves you and it's all about love and you're just going to love your way to heaven and that's it's love. And that is true, but that's not the full gospel because that's only a little, that's only, I don't want to say half because there's nothing about God that is half. It's always full, but you're not, you're not giving the whole story. Because the opposite of if you're not in love with Christ and you're not in a relationship with him, then you're out of love with Christ. And if you're out of love, the only alternative is hell, a fiery lake of hell that Jesus talks about many times. You don't see on Instagram, when you see all these beautiful Instagrams of Jesus's quotes, you don't see that he also talked about hell more than any other prophet or writer or author of the Bible. He was a hell and brimstone preacher, Jesus was, and he ran off a lot of people because of his crazy preaching, and we should take notes from how he did it. Now, there's a lot of people that say, I don't like hell and brimstone. I grew up, my grandfather grew up in one of those churches, and I don't like it. So because we've all said that, we end up with a bunch of happy churches that preach just the love. You're not getting the full gospel. So you need to get the whole Christ, the whole vision of what he is, God incarnate, fully in the flesh, perfection without sin, lived a perfect life, fulfilled the law perfectly, was then taken on the wrath of God, crucified, became a substitute for the sins of his people, resurrected three days later, miraculous, This could all be seen through history, through eyewitnesses. We could look, this is not like any other religion. We could actually look at this through eyewitnesses, through historical accounts, just like we can with George Washington. So during his ministry, he preached, come to me, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Because Jesus preached a a message that, was a universal invitation, but only so many would respond to it. And whoever didn't respond wouldn't make it to eternal life in heaven. They would make it to eternal life in hell. That's the full story in a nutshell. It would take me 30 minutes to give you everything, but in a nutshell, when you hear someone say, you're not getting the full gospel, They're mainly talking about that preacher didn't preach about repentance and hell, because to be saved, you have to repent, means turn away from your sin, turn to Christ, 
Turn away from your life. Die to yourself. Turn away from your current life and your sin that you love so much and turn to Christ. Turn to him. Put your trust in him and he will save you and he will take you and he will adopt you as a son and give you all the riches of his kingdom in heaven, not on this earth. And if you don't, if you don't turn to him, if you don't repent, if you're not adopted as a son, therefore, because of that, you'll be shunned and you'll end up in hell. That is the full gospel. Next question, subject line says, broken relationship. Me and my boyfriend have been fighting nonstop for the past six months almost every day, no matter if we are with each other or not. I still love him, and he says he loves me, but we could never agree on anything and can never... Wait, what? Is that serious? But we can never agree on anything and can never compromise. For real? Our main fight is about money and how each other spends... uh, and how much each other spends, even though we do not share bank accounts. How can we fix this broken relationship? Thanks, Lily. Lily, I didn't mean to laugh. I just think that that's, um, you said, I still love him, and he says he still loves me, but we can never agree on anything and can never compromise. That, hang on a second. Hold up, hold up. You say, I still love him, and he still loves me, and we could never agree on anything? Oh, are you sure you're defining love correctly? Because the Bible says that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. Does that in any way sound like we could never agree on anything and can never compromise? I think you're misdefining love. This is not going to work unless one of you comes up with that 2 Corinthians biblical version of love. Yeah, yeah. So just go to it right now. I would say go to 1 Corinthians 13 and look, look up the definition of love and... If that's not, if you don't see any of those attributes, you should see them all. If you don't see any of those, then that's not just not going to work. And so you're asking me to try to uh, fix this broken relationship. You fight almost every day, whether you're with her or not, or whether you're with him or not. Um, Yeah, one of you is going to have to be selfless. It's both of you are being selfish in this relationship, okay? Um, Sorry, once again, I'm sorry. It's just, it seems, it seems crazy that you're still in it. We're going to take a break. Be right back. All 
Oh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, Granger Smith, here's the best way to do it. Cameo.com slash Granger Smith. That allows you to get a video message from me saying whatever you need me to say. I do these daily so you can design it however you want. It could be a happy birthday or a happy anniversary or words of encouragement. Could be to you, could be to anybody, especially with the holidays coming up. Like I said, this is a really good gift. You could just, super easy, you just order it from me and you say, hey, tell my buddy happy happy birthday or Merry Christmas or happy Thanksgiving or whatever it might be. And I'll knock it out for you right here on my phone and send it straight to you. Go to cameo.com slash Granger Smith for that. Or you could also download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. I have some exciting news coming up too from Yee Yee Apparel. And I want to talk about that soon, but let me just put it this way. And I won't give away the whole thing, but let me just say two words, storefront. That might be happening really soon. So stay in touch with that. I'll let you know either from the Smiths or from my Instagram, Granger Smith, or maybe right here on this podcast. And you're going to love the details we have on it. Back to the questions. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening and watching. If you have a question for me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. You can make it about any subject and we will walk through it. I'm going to read these completely out of order as they come in the inbox. Um, and I'm not pre-screening and I'm not taking notes. So um, whatever comes out, comes out. I'd also don't, if you notice, I don't edit these either. So um, Ian, my buddy who edits these, or puts together this podcast, what, shout out to Ian. Um, he does not cut. I told him, I tell him, don't cut, man. So if I say something really bad and mess something up completely, He's not going to cut and splice. We're just rolling tape. We're rolling it. Next question, subject line says, girl troubles. Hello, Granger. I'm an 18-year-old kid from a small town in Pennsylvania. Long story short, there is this girl who I have fallen in love with and I want to pursue a relationship with. Only problem is she is the sister of one of my best friends, and I'm very close to their family. I'm worried if I tell her how I, how I feel, it will be... I'm worried if I tell her how I feel, it will reflect. reflect. <laughs> See, I don't cut these. Let me say it again. I'm worried if I tell her how I feel, it will affect my relationship with the rest of the family who she says, when if and if she says no. That's strange that you would say that. But I also feel it's important that I tell her how I feel. Could you provide some insight? Thank you, Anonymous. Okay, Anonymous. Let me recap from my bad reading here. You're 18. You're in love with this girl. She is sisters with one of your best friends, and you think she might say no to the relationship if you tell her, but you're always also worried what the rest of the family is going to say. But you also feel like it's important that you tell her how you feel. Okay, so, so dude, this is easy. Um, thanks for the email, and I'll keep you anonymous. Shout out to uh, Pennsylvania. Love it. This is easy. Yeah, you're right. You need to say something to her, but not first. Don't you dare tell her first. You're going to the friend first. If you don't have courage to go to the friend, you don't tell anybody. You go to your grave with this secret. Build up the courage and you bring your best friend and you sit him down and you say one of the hardest things to say to a best friend. You say, dude, I'm in love with your sister. And he's going to sit, you don't know how he's going to react. Like he's going to be like, dude, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. 
or he's or he's going to say there's nobody in this world I would trust with my sister more than my best friend. So, yes. I give you my full blessing of this relationship. You're going I don't know which what he's going to say. He's going to punch your face in and break your tooth or he's going to say, "Hey, great. I don't want any other guy messing with my sister besides my best friend who I trust." Here's the thing, anonymous. You got to go to him first. Do not go to the girl. I'm begging you. This this email coming came in on Sunday. I'm begging that you haven't done this yet because this is that's a bad thing. Go to the best friend, sit him down, get his blessing. If you still have courage, I would then go to the dad, her dad. Hey, even better, do it together. Bring them both together. Dad and son talking about daughter slash sister. This is going to take extreme courage. This is going to take all the manhood you have in 18 years put together, buddy, right here in this Pennsylvania small town. And it will be an epic meeting, and I'm happy for you, but this is the right thing to do. Don't go to the girl because that's going to backfire. Even if she does say no, I mean, if she says no, that's irrelevant to you telling the dad and the and the son, the, the best friend, okay? So do that. Throw it out there. You don't have to get super deep. Just say it like I said it. I'm, I'm in love with her. I'd like your blessing if I could ask her out on a date. That's all you need to say. And however they react, you might want to wear a um, flak jacket or something. Next question says, anonymous parenthesis, urgent. Hey, man, love your podcast. It has helped me out a lot. I'm 21 years old. At 16, I started dating a girl in my town. Everything was great for a year and a half until I caught her texting with an ex. It's been going on for a month and she questioned him. And she questioned him if they would ever have a chance again. Wow. It's caused us to split up, but three months later, we got back together. Wow, again. We rebuilt and were stronger than ever. And well over a year, we were doing incredible. Seven months ago, I took a job out on the road to double my income and hopefully make a future for me and this girl. Me and her both agreed it was an amazing opportunity for us, so I took the job and left. I flew halfway across the country, working 90 hours a week. Two weeks later, I left and found out my girlfriend's ex was at her house for her birthday party, and she stayed the night there. That caused problems, you think? And one week later, she broke up with me after four years and then blocked me. Her ex started staying the night and hanging out, and eventually he lost interest. Wow. And three weeks later, she contacted me again. Wow, bro. For the past five or so months, we've stayed in contact, and she begs me to give her another chance. Needless to say, I'm stumped. I love her, and we've been through so much together. I'm unsure what to do, and I deeply respect your opinions and values. Anything would be helpful. Appreciate you, and God bless. Anonymous. Wow. How many times did I say that in the email? Wow, bro. Okay, let's, uh, let's dig into this. Um, the first thing that occurred to me as I was reading it was she's texting the ex and questioning if they, if they would ever have another chance. That is like a massive red flag. It caused you to split up for three months and you later got back together, which it rightly should have caused this, this split. But then you said, we rebuilt and we're stronger than ever. For over a year, we were doing incredible. That was just smoke and mirrors, man. 
That's the first thought that came to me. That that year was smoke and mirrors. You thought it was incredible. It wasn't. She was just a good actress, right? Because obviously, look, she went back again. Seven months ago, I took a job. Okay, she then she goes and you. she gets a little freedom back home. And then the dude comes to her birthday party and then stays with her. Right there, boom, it's done. Like, I don't even have to read anything else in your email. She did this. She apologized. You guys made up. It was good. She relapsed. When you're out working, he stayed the night on a relapse, on a second chance. She's out on parole, basically, right? She's on parole for the same crime, and she commits it again. She's done. But that's not where your email ends. They got together. This dude, the other dude, realizes he's not interested, so she comes back to you, and you're considering taking her in. And listen, I know when you're in it, you're in that bubble, it seems like there's a chance and you love her and you want to try again. But everyone that's listening to this podcast, including me, is screaming at you saying, no, don't do it. You're going to give her a third chance? That doesn't happen in any court of law. In any legal system, you're not going to get a third chance with the same crime without getting the death penalty. No, this relationship is dead. It deserves the death penalty. Okay, you're done. Please email me back, whatever it takes. Let's talk about this. But I talked about what love is in 2 Corinthians 13 earlier. This is not love, dude. We so many times, we confuse what love is, and we misdefine it. I don't, I don't even know if that's a word, misdefined. <laughs> it just sounds right. We mess it up. And guys, the, we, we confuse love for uh, two humans that, have, that connect and that have history together and have a stuff in common. But, but love is is patient and kind and forgiving and selfless. And of course we mess up. Everyone messes up, but not three times and not th- through this kind of situation. It's not love. I'm sorry. I'm out on this one. I'm not, I'm not investing in your relationship. Next, re- next question. Should we, should we do it again? We get into like these Bible kicks and then we get into these relationship kicks. The subject line of this next one is trying to save the relationship. Hey, me and my girlfriend have been together for almost a year. We broke up November of 21, got back together January of this year, and our relationship has been great. We've had a few ups and downs and got past them. Everything was great until now. She started acting distant. And I asked her what was going on. She says she doesn't feel happy, but she loves me and she just needs some space. I told her, I'll stay with my dad and give you some space. Man, this is, uh, I'm out, I'm out not investing in this, <laughs> not investing in this one either. Um, yeah, this is, this is just classic. This is an easy one. Thank you for the email. Um, she doesn't feel happy and 
that's code word for uh, she's out. So you're done with this one. Um, you're you're going to stay with your dad. You shouldn't be living with her. That causes all kinds of new problems. Uh, so yeah, give her some space. Let me go to subject line here says no subject. Hey, Granger, just found your podcast. Enjoyed listening so far. I don't know if you've talked about this already, but I'm a 17-year-old guy that's been struggling with lust and pornography lately. I've been praying and trying to read my Bible, but I keep relapsing, and I was just wondering if you can give me any advice on this issue. Uh, if you can just keep me anonymous, that would be great. Yeah, so I have talked about this, and I get, I'm get i overwhelmed by emails about this subject. So first thing you should know, anonymous, is you're not alone. I get probably five or six emails per day just about this subject. Um, I, I would ask you this question. I would say, how, how much, if I was with you, I would say, how bad do you want to stop this? How, how committed are you to stop this? Because in life, we could always tell with other people and ourselves, with all humans, we could tell how committed anyone is to a certain thing by the current outcome of that, right? So it's like, if I said, if I said, my goal is to be a really good dad, but then you looked at my life and I'm, I'm a terrible dad and my kids are all over the place, you would say, well, that's not really your goal. You're just saying that. If I said, if I said, I, I want to be an incredible guitar player, I want to be an incredible guitar player. And then I never picked up the guitar. Maybe I, occasionally I went to YouTube and I practiced a little bit. You'd say, you don't really want to be a great guitar player. Because if you did, that's all you would do is play guitar and study and take lessons and learn and practice. So I ask you this. I say to you, Anonymous, you say you're struggling with lust and pornography. You've been praying and trying to read your Bible, but you keep relapsing. I would say, how bad do you want to stop? And on a side note, I would say you need to stop. You need to. Just like I said at the very beginning with the, with the strip club thing, this is something that the, the, the end of the road here is not good. Like the path that you're on is not good. It's not leading to a good place. I promise you. So you want to get off this road. You really need to get off this road. But I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that. I'm here to ask you. I want you to hear this podcast and ask yourself, how bad do I want to stop? Because if you say really bad, then I go, great, covenanteyes.com. We've talked about that. I can't remember. Somebody correct me if it's covenanteyes.org or .com, something like that. I think it's .com. Covenanteyes.com. This is for the people that say, I really want to stop. I really want to. You go to this website, and this came from Pastor Chad, who was a guest on this podcast one time, and he talked about this. So I'm not sure exactly how it works, but you it has to do with you sign up and you give your IP address to this covenanteyes.com, then you share it, you share your information with a trustee. It could be your best buddy. It could be um, 
if you're really or your brother if if you're really brave your mother your mother-in-law your wife if that's if you're really brave you give it to your mother-in-law wow um so it gets it it gets them an email and they they log in and then what so what happens is when you hit one of these sites one of these porn sites it it recognizes that the covenant eyes algorithm and it sends a message to your trustee that says anonymous here whatever your name is just visited this website at this time and he stayed on here for this long trust me man you don't want that to happen so because of that because of that weight on your shoulders as soon as you get on your phone and you're about to type in that website you're like ooh i can't i can't I want to see this website right now, but I can't because the punishment is far greater than the reward. And that's how we should live a life. We should live life knowing that, you know, if you're reading your Bible, you understand the punishment is severe. Why is there a hell, for instance? We talked about this in the question about the full gospel. Why is there a hell? Well, there's only one answer to that. Because our sin is so severe. The punishment always equals the crime. So it's like the crime for stealing candy, I mean, the punishment for stealing candy is like a, you know, a slap on the wrist. But, but what's, the, what's the fine or what's the punishment for capital murder? Well, that's much more severe. You know, we're talking life in prison. We're talking maybe death penalty, whatever. That's a different subject these days. But... That's why, that's why there's a hell, because sin is that bad, and we don't realize it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're guilty of it, and we're, we are a prisoner of it until we're freed, until we're made new, until we're accredited righteousness with Christ. We're made new. We're, we're whitewashed at that point, clean. But until then, the wages of sin is death because, because sin is so bad. And so I want you to look at this. It's so bad that you the wages of what you're doing is so bad that the, the penalty deserves to be sending this message out to your mother-in-law or your wife or your sister or your mom. That's where I would go with this. But this all boils down to my very first question, Anonymous. How bad do you want to stop this? You want me to give you some stupid answer, like make your phone black and white because it's not as exciting if it's color. I've heard people say that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I can give you a bunch of stupid things, but that's like if you kind of want to stop. But if you really want to stop, CovenantEyes.com. Oh boy, this got this podcast has got me worked up, y'all. Wow. All right, next question. Subject line, committing to Christ. Hey, Granger, my name is Jared. I'm a freshman in college. I've been a Christian my whole life, and if I'm being honest with myself, I've never really committed myself to a strong relationship with Jesus. I talk to God every day, but I know I need to do more. My excuse has always been, well, I just don't have time to commit myself yet. I'll wait until college so I have, so I have time and freedom to do it. Wait, what? Let me read that again. 
Well, I just don't have time to commit myself just yet. I'll wait until college so I have the time and freedom to do it. But now being in college, I've just been making the same excuses. Any advice? Thanks. Sorry for the long email. That's not a long email. This is a great, great length email, Jared. Okay, thanks for the question, bro. Um, this is the greatest question anyone could ask me. And you just asked it. And I love you for that, Jared. I appreciate you so much, bro. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, and I want to ask, I'm going to ask you, this is where it would be great if we we're actually together. I want to ask you, you don't have time to commit. And I know you're probably hearing me say it right now, and you're probably thinking, I shouldn't have written it that way. That's embarrassing. I shouldn't have said that. I'm glad you did. I'm seriously glad you did because it, it allows me to go a certain direction with it. But what, you're, what you don't understand or what, what it appears that you don't understand in the email is the severity of this relationship with Christ. And we kind of talked about it already earlier in the email. We're talking about life and death, right? So if I said, if I said, hey, Jared, let me think of a quick analogy here. I said, hey, Jared, um, I'm going to send you up in this airplane. And the airplane is going to run out of fuel. And you're going to have to jump. Okay? There's no doubt about it. You're going to have to jump. This is a terrible analogy, but it's just what I'm thinking of on the top of my head. And I say, I'm passing out, I'm pass, passing out parachutes. You want one? Now, what, what kind of stupid question is that for me to ask you? I'm putting it on an airplane, and the airplane's going to run out of fuel, and you got to jump out of it. Now I'm asking, do you want a parachute? What kind of stupid question is that? You're like, Granger, don't be an idiot. Yes, I want the parachute. Give me the parachute. Right? So you get up on the plane and then it runs out of fuel, just like we knew it was going to, and you jump out and you got a good parachute. But what you're saying is, in that same analogy, what you're saying is, um, I'll get on the plane and then maybe I'll think if I need a parachute, maybe there's an extra one up there. Or, um, but I'm just, as I'm getting, Granger, as I'm getting on this plane, I'm a little busy right now. I'm a little distracted. So I'll go ahead and get on this plane that's about to crash, but I'll think about the parachute thing later if that's cool. Can I make a decision later? That, That sounds crazy. It sounds out there, but it is, but what I'm telling you is more accurate than the, the airplane scenario. This is life and death. You, you, your day the day of your death is already appointed to you. My day is already appointed to me. Everyone listening, we all have an appointed day of death. We had an appointed day of birth, and we know that happened. We have an appointed day of death. It's fixed. It's already done. It's on the calendar somewhere. I don't know what mine is. I might not wake up in the morning. I might get in a car at tomorrow. I might have 10 years. What if I only had 10 years? God willing, I have 30, 35, 37, 40. I don't know. You don't either. So you're playing with an airplane that's crashing eventually. And you're worried about when getting on this airplane and you're, you're, you don't have a parachute right now. And you're wondering if you should get a parachute or not. That's crazy, bro. That is, that is insane, and this is the kind of death that you're playing with right now, 
Okay? Now, I'm making, I'm making a big deal out of this because it is a big deal. So what you need to do is you need to, at all cost, right now, because you asked the question, because I got you cornered right now, at all cost, it's time to put on the parachute. So I need you to pick up your Bible. I need you to get in there. I need you to start digging into Matthew. Or here we go, Mark. Or Luke. Or here we go, John. I need to pull that out. And I need you to get into the gospel. I need you to read that and soak in these words because the, power, the, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So the salvation lies within that. I need you to watch YouTube videos. I need you to dive into books. I need you to find a way. And I need you, most importantly, to get on your knees tonight and be like, Jesus. It's me, Jared. I heard this crazy thing today about parachute. And I, 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 want, I want that parachute. I want life. I choose you. I need you. I want to serve you. I'm yours. I'm going to turn away from my life. I'm going to turn away from this sin. I'm going to turn to you. Because your way is better than mine. I want to follow you and I want to take, I want to go. You take me wherever it is. I'm dropping everything. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to my flesh. I'm going to follow you. And it's not an easy path, but the reward is everything. It'll cost me everything. But what I'll get out of it is even greater than that. I want to follow you. I want to do everything. I'm going to put everything on hold, college, work, career, relationships, everything until I tied this main thing up in my life. I'm not getting on that plane until I have the parachute on my back. I will not get on this plane until I have this parachute on my back. That's what I want you to say. Jesus, save me. Take me. Go to John. Go to the book of John and start in chapter three. Read it slowly. Then go to the book of Romans, read chapter 10, read it slowly. Man, there's so many good stuff. I wish I could, bro, Jared, I wish you'd come over to my house right now. We just sit here, we just go, we just start walking through this stuff. I'd say, look at this, look at this. Look who Jesus is in John 1, Colossians 1. Look who he is. Look, okay, look, look what's going to happen. John 3, we're talking about the spirit. We're talking about rebirth here. Look at this in John 3, look at this. Oh man, I wish I could walk through this with you, Jared. I got the parachute right here. I'm, I can't put it on you, but I can, I can hand it to you like this. The best I can, I can plant this seed. Email me back, bro. Let's talk about this. Y'all got me all worked up today. That's all I got. Appreciate you. We'll see you next Monday. Yee, yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.